Welcome to Promo Chat Deep Dive. This week we are so excited to have Eric Campbell, who works with Brighton Leap, who are the creators of Embrilliance Embroidery Software, who is a longtime promo chatter, and it's perfect. This isn't your first deep dive, but we're really excited to have you on for this one. So welcome, Eric. Oh, thank you for having me on. Always happy to be on Deep Dive. Oh, we love it. We and our sponsors, Maple Ridge Farms, like just, it's so much fun to be here, and we're so glad that they were able to make this happen and that you came and just every time you have a tweet it's always kind of like should we bring Eric on and and this week we're like we're bringing Eric on so it's fabulous I can't wait to get it well honestly uh, I never stop talking about things mostly because I wish somebody would tell me some of this stuff that I've learned <laughs> that I have to learn it the hard way but so that's this is why perfect. it's an hour every Wednesday and you just run loose <laughs> your co-workers are probably like finally <laughs> yeah when I get done they're like are you done with your thing I'm like, yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm good, guys. Sorry. My friends on the internet are fine now. Thank you. Yeah, I have to take care of my people. All right. Yeah, my community, my tribe. Absolutely, absolutely. Awesome. Well, we're. I love this tweet. This is so. We're so excited to cover this one. So mm. we questioned. The day can really get away from us pretty fast. How do you measure the ROI of your time? Do you have a system of tracking it? Have you found your unexpected time suck? Come on, go beyond Facebook as an answer because we know that's an answer for a lot of people. <laughs> Yep. So you answered with, if I'm honest about my time suck, the top two are falsely thinking that an emergent situation needs an immediate response. Number two is believing that multitasking makes me more efficient. When I test my switching time, I'm decent, but a cost is a cost. Okay, let's, there's a lot to unpack in that whole, that whole conversation there. Yeah. So let's go. What do you mean by switching time? What do you mean by okay, like, the costs. time suck? How do you measure it? What do you do? Cover it all, okay. Eric. Well, we'll cover it all. Let's go ahead and start briefly with the first section, the emergent thing. Um, just because something pings your email or somebody says, I'm having a problem, doesn't mean the thing you're currently doing is less important than what's going on with them. Uh, the harsh way is to say uh, an emergency on your part doesn't, you know, it doesn't constitute an emergency on my part. That's the harsh way. <laughs> preparation doesn't mean I have an emergency now. That's the mean way. I don't tend to go with the mean way, but for me, my problem is I'm always trying to jump in and help first uh, to the detriment of the thing I'm currently doing. So just remember, just because something emergent, it just came up right now, doesn't mean it's an emergency. It doesn't mean it's an actually urgent and needs to be handled. And that's something I have to take to heart all the time. New email comes and pings me and somebody says, Eric, I need something. I need your help. What do you know about this? And I'm answering it in the middle of a critical task. Not a good plan. And part of that, that actually feeds into the second part, switching costs. Um, you can measure this all sorts of ways, but really all you need to know is you're always a little more efficient if you stay on one task until it's finished than if you switch back and forth. Even people who are good at multitasking, you're not multitasking, you're doing one task at a time and you're switching back and forth between the tasks. Every time you do that, there's a small cost. And believe it or not, testing it, there are tests online that will help you find out how your switching cost is. Now, I don't know how scientific they really are, but they will talk to you about how you switch and they'll make you switch between tasks and see how fast you are at picking things up. Literally time you. So I used to take those back in the day when this first came out. And uh, I'm, I have very low switching costs. But there was at no time was it no switching. <laughs> and I also realized that what I do have, even if I'm switching back forth and doing tasks at the same time, I will forget steps or forget a third task because I've gotten off track on these tasks, especially if I let, and let like some sort of emergent new message become one of those tasks in the rotation. 
So for switching costs for me, literally, if you stop and say, like an embroidery digitizer, which, which I was when I was still in production, if I stop and just digitize a design from start to finish, if I time that between me digitizing the similar design of the similar complexity and switching back and forth the email, even if I block out which times I was doing each thing, you'll notice that your time for the one task grows as you switch back and forth. So that's really your switching costs. And it's the same in production. If you have somebody who's working production, if you can have somebody prep for them so that all they do is their one task, let's take it back to embroidery. Let's say you have somebody who's running embroidery machines. If someone else can do some portion of the prep for them or to stage their orders in a place where they just walk and grab them instead of walking out to get them, or if someone else contacts sales if there's an issue, you can have a production manager or somebody between those stages that helps the people doing the actual production stay on task. Anytime you switch, there's a cost. Um, you can time it by timing <laughs> whether you're switching or not. But honestly, take it on faith. If you're switching between tasks all the time, the likelihood is uh, you should be chunking your time instead and saying, I'm reserving this piece of time for this critical task. So it means you have to do some prioritizing and it means you definitely have to chunk your time. Um, this doesn't mean don't take breaks. Uh, it's something I actually learned. My, my wife is studying for um, medical school exams. <laughs> so for her, she told me she stopped and went, here is this thing. They tell us we have to study at six hours at a time. Here's the schedule. And I started to adopt their study schedule because it's so rigorous where it tells you, they're like, no, if you don't take these breaks, you're worse off. So this isn't about not taking breaks. It's about chunking your time and not letting yourself get divided between tasks. That, no, I've, I've heard of that as well as like, because you can, I always think of it as like, you can be 100% good at one thing or 70% good at something. And it's like, if you are constantly pulling your brain out of a task, especially something that needs focus and needs concentration, then what's, what's the value are you bringing to it? If you're kind of like half at it every single time and yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what was this study schedule? Like how, how do you work in breaks? Like, and how do you break up your day? Like, do you section it? Like for 20 minutes I'm doing the digitizing or I'm working on client emails. Like how do you split it up? And if you don't fit it in that time, what do you do? Uh, honestly, it depends on the task. If it's something where it is a monolithic task, like I know I have eight hours of digitizing to do right now, then I'm going to just say this, if I absolutely must do that and there's nothing else that really does need to be taken care of in that period of time, I'll break it out and just say, okay, every 75 minutes, whether I like it or not, I need to take 10 minutes off. After about three of those, I need to take 20, 20 to 30 minutes off because I just need to get away from it. I'm going to get less and less effective as I get tired and I may forget things that I'm doing. Um, those things, and that's very hard for me because I'm the kind of person who will work 10 hours at a stretch without pulling my head up. But what I do realize is I get less effective. Um, when it comes to things like when I have a multitask kind of day, I know I'm going to be multitasking a lot. I find that I take care of um, things like email and contacting people as the second thing of my day which sounds crazy because it's like, what if you have to get answer everybody? They've been waiting 24 hours. They've emailed you overnight. Um, it's not that you don't do it pretty soon in the morning. It's that you should do one small task, in my opinion, first, because I find that if you don't, you're going to fall prey to the thing I said in the first part of that tweet, which is all these emergent things people say to you will become what you do all day and you won't get your top thing. So another thing I say with prioritization, uh, you should list your top three big things you must do today and you should take a bite of one of those first uh, before you yeah. do anything else, before you start emailing people. I mean, if there really are urgent situations like orders that must go out, things that you have to pay attention to, that's one thing. But if you're in production mode and you know you're good, even if you just decide I'm going to do my first 15 minutes of, of the day will be an unbroken hit at my top task. 
or will be the review of everything I have to do. Stop and do my review and make sure I'm planning my day. And that's the first thing I do. I just feel like the kiss of death is to do your email first. <laughs> the kiss yeah. of death is to look at that email the first thing you walk in because as soon as you do that, you're going to be sucked into this emergent situation hole. Um, and that's yeah. just not good for anybody because you will forget the things that are actually uh, good tasks. Now, another good thing you can do is do at the end of the previous day. At yeah. the end of your day, set out your big top three for the next day and it just gets you in the right space when you walk in. If you walk in and sitting on your keyboard is a little handwritten note to yourself from past you, Hey, buddy, this is the three things you really need to talk about. Past you who's suffered all day knows what what you need to do. Future you who's just getting your coffee and feeling pretty good thinks things are going to go all right. (laughs) Needs to be realigned with what is actually on deck for the day. So I I think doing that at the end of the day, the previous day, will help you the the future day. So future you needs a reminder. At the end of the day, it's not a bad thing to write that stuff down. Oh, and it, and it's so true. It's like that concept of like swallow the frog. Like the first thing you have to do if it's the worst thing, swallow the frog. But oh, yeah. I always think of it as like Catherine Graham from Common Skew. Like she um, did a presentation once and she said, if you're in a traffic jam on your way to work and you're 20 minutes late, are those emails still going to be waiting for you? Like, is it is that 20 minutes? So why wouldn't you just come in, tackle your day, sort yourself out first before you get into the fires? Like, you know, deal with that before you deal with the next thing. And it, and it's so true because like we're all so good at getting distracted by like this seems urgent when it's like this really can wait an hour. Like we're okay for that no, one. I mean, there are times because don't get me wrong. My first thing I always tell people, especially in embroidery is like, guys, we don't even make shirts. We make shirts pretty. Like <laughs> this is no one's dying today if we don't get this out very rarely. Now I also worked in TV and film stuff I've, in Albuquerque. We have a lot of studios and I like breaking bad, all that stuff. I worked on a lot of their shows. Um, so when we had that stuff and there's a shooting schedule, yes, you actually have to pay attention. And if you know that you've got jobs coming in and out like that, I don't fault anybody for running in and going, okay, I know they're shooting today and I need to make sure they didn't get me that amount of patches and that has to be in production. And especially uh, in my shop, uh, embroidery production came in earlier than everybody. So they were an hour earlier than all the sales floor and everyone else. Yes, if you absolutely must set something up, I'm not saying don't do that because that may be your frog. Your frog may be, I need to stop and answer emails and check this particular job that is absolutely time sensitive. Most of the time for most of us, 15, 20 minutes, even an hour probably isn't going to be the end of the world. Um, And it's worthwhile to get ourselves in order and also just to separate yourself from the chain of immediately answering everything for a minute. I think that that by itself is worthwhile. Um, that first 15 minutes of organization does that pretty handily for a lot of people. But still, <laughs> I have to stress the multitasking thing. I, I hate to bring it, keep bringing it back. Try not to. I'm not great at it. I still multitask all the time. I jump back and forth more than I should. But I, from experience, this is many years of doing it, I always get more done if I can stay focused. If you're absolutely against a wall, there's nothing wrong with fully switching to another task. That's the other thing people say, well, what if I just absolutely hit a wall? Especially like I'm writing something, I'm doing marketing, I'm just not there. No, no, no. Take your break, switch tasks, but switch all the way. Don't kind of do another task. And the way I always tell people, it's like if you've ever been listening to somebody talk while you're trying to write something and you start writing part of the words you were either going to say to them or that they are saying, if you've ever done that, your brain is trying to handle both those things and it's just switching really fast. It's not actually separating them. And you can tell that because you'll write something from the conversation into the email you're trying to write while someone's in your ear. 
obviously we're not switching it. And especially when you're talking about things that are in the same category, what I found was when I'm digitizing, I'm doing something that's completely visual and not verbal. I can listen to an audiobook. I can listen to somebody talk to me or have a conversation. Those don't interfere too bad. That's where multitasking kind of works. If you're doing something in the same category, if you're writing emails and communicating while you're trying to have a conversation, that's the same part of your brain and they are overlapping entirely and you're losing bandwidth. So many people can't even walk and text. So what makes us think <laughs> that we can do two things at the same time? It's, it's this is true. But it's also uh, it, like, it's that idea is like, you got to get rid of the distractions. Otherwise, because you're not there, you're not doing it. It's like, I think one point Dale Denham always says is like, get rid of email notifications. And it's so true because like once those pops up, you're always kind of like, well, I'll just, I'll just deal with that. And it's like, but it takes you away. And you know, we're not just because we're doing a lot more. doesn't mean we're doing better. It's like, yeah. you know, just cause you have a lot of food doesn't mean it's really good for you or it's all sorts of things. It's yeah. yeah. Crossing off on a to-do list, a million tasks that are all, I checked the email is not like crossing off one task that is, I did something that's going to improve my business for the next quarter. Yeah. Are not of the same importance. And honestly, the way we can't like email and walk or text and, and walk, uh, I'd much rather run into a poll myself than run into a poll figuratively by messing something up for a customer or, or messing up a large order and making it look like I'm not only not attentive, but I don't care. Yeah. Um, when you Especially split when your time, yeah. we're about the details. Like details are important. Oh, yeah. and if you think just because you're doing it faster doesn't mean that you're paying attention to all the details. No, and the chances that you're going to miss something are just higher. So it, personally, even though I am terrible, and I'm telling you guys this not out of I'm on high saying now that I have corrected everything that I've done and I am now perfect at <laughs> locking my time down. Amazing. Not at all. So great at this. <laughs> no, it's, it's absolutely the other way around where I'm saying this is something I struggle with the most. And I know in the days that I do this right, that I am getting two days of production time out of my one day when I do it correctly. So as someone who struggles with it, I'm trying to say, hey, everybody, please take it seriously. The idea that multitasking is great for you is it's a falsehood. I get to find the person who when they do finally get focus time, they, and you always hear people say like, I got in this flow state. I could feel things were happening. It felt like the, the whatever was happening was just coming out of me. That's not going to happen if you're emailing or checking Facebook or, you know, text, texting with someone while it's happening. There is no flow if you stop and do something else. Every time you might as well hit a reset button on the chance that you're getting to that flow state. So yeah, yeah, focus and flow go together and flow is that state where everything becomes effortless. Plus really it feels better. You get to this point where what you're doing becomes partially effortless and it feels like it's coming from almost another source and it doesn't drain your willpower like it does when you're just jerky switching back and forth constantly and having to grind out the willpower to make those choices and to move to the other task. Yeah. And it, it's so true. Like what you said, like there's studies out there that say yeah. every time you bounce back, your efficiency and your attention span goes down. I think like the numbers are crazy too. It's like 10 and then 20 and 30% every time you come back because you're not there, you're not working on it. So, well, and we know, I mean, part of the other side is to come out of that we have a finite source of willpower, right? We know that our willpower gets lower. Why is it when you're tired at the end of a long day where you've done an extra shift that you make bad choices about dinner? I know I have made quite a few bad choices about dinner, obviously. Uh, <laughs> that's one of those things. I mean, why do we make those bad choices? Because you literally run out of willpower. The more decisions you make in a day, especially if they're difficult decisions, you don't have the same reserves at the end of the day that you did in the beginning of the day. If we don't switch tasks all the time, 
We don't have to make the decision to switch. We are saving some of our willpower. I know it sounds sounds very self-helpy and it sounds very like... No, uh, like I'm literally thinking right now, being like, oh my God, he's so right. (laughs) Yeah, the more times you switch, the more you have to make the choice to switch. The more choices you make that are not important choices when it comes down to, hey, what do we want to do about this advertising campaign? Should we do this? Do I invest in this? Um, should we, uh, we're having a problem, a real problem in production. Should we stop the production line and redo it? If you sit and waffle then, that's a much bigger choice that you've decided to waste. You know, you're wasting your willpower on, ah, should I stop for that email or not? When you could have turned the notifications off and never known or had your time blocked off and have made that choice uh, with yesterday's willpower budget. <laughs> yeah, no, Eric, this has been, I love this chat so far. It's because it's true. It's like I always talk about like there's at a certain point in the day, you get into diminishing returns. Like, at, yeah. and I know for me, my cutoff is like 7 p.m. Like, I will work really hard, but after yep. 7 p.m., anything I do is what I can, what I do in 30 minutes could have been done in 15 minutes in the morning. Oh, yeah. And so you have like, you start thinking about it that way. And so you start, yeah, you start budgeting, you start your willpower is gone because then you're just like, fine, just get it off my desk. Fine, just do it this way. And it's, you know, morning you to tomorrow you is much better than right now or yesterday you. Well, and the good thing is you can plan tasks for that. Like myself, um, by the time I was, you know, 15 plus years into digitizing, the last part of my digitizing career where that's all I did, um, in that part of my career, digitizing, especially something simple, I'm not saying it's automatic because there's choices and artistic stuff that you do, but a lot of those choices are pretty natural to me. So for me, I'm like, if I have to do two things, one of them is difficult for me, takes a lot of mental capital, probably better to do that earlier on in the day. Whereas I can say like, okay, let's say I don't have the uh, ability not to work after seven. Like I need two more hours. I just need them. I can put things in there that don't cost willpower for me. If you have a thing you're a natural at, it's like I, I talk with my wife a lot about this stuff, as you can tell, because I've talked about her study schedule. Should we have your wife on? Is that a better choice? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. She's better than I am in all this. <laughs> Smarter person by far. Uh, I mean, Let's bring her, her degree is at least going towards the thing. I have a useless degree that is not related to embroidery. Everybody who doesn't know, I'll say it again. Uh, my medieval studies embroidery uh, prepared me excellently for a career in embroidery. So if you want to know, uh, translate Beowulf and get an embroidery. No, uh, but suffice it to say, I have an English degree, so yeah, I, I thought mine was worthless. That's me, English and medieval <laughs> studies, right here. So yeah, <laughs> communication's awesome. So those degrees are useful, but not so much for embroidery. Uh, no, but I, she does the same thing. She taught me this, where it's like, okay, when are your lulls? I have a lull at two thirty that comes whether I wake up early or not. For some reason, there is a little lull there. I plan for that to be a break time if I can. I need a chunk right there. I don't know why. I just do. And that's the thing she said is accept it accept that you have these some of these barriers that you're going to hit and you can fight and fight and fight like I do. <laughs> Eventually, you'll come to the point where you accept some of your barriers and you're going to say, okay, that's 7 to 9 p.m. I know I need it. I mean, there's no way I can cut out early today. There's no way I don't have to do this. Or if you can, great. But if you can't, you're in a crunch. You go, okay, what can I do that costs the, less, the least amount of my willpower that is the easiest for me to handle? Leave the easy stuff then. Like, let's say you're doing a marketing campaign and for whatever reason, part of that is literally packaging things up to ship. Do all that packing stuff in boxes where you just kind of like, you're folding together flyers and a sample and a thing and a sticker. 
do that in the last two hours a day. Don't write the campaign in those two hours of the day. If you can, you can help do it. the artwork, but double check it tomorrow morning. Exactly. That's <laughs> the thing. That's, uh, I'm going to steal something from Hemingway here. And he always, uh, I guess what he said was, uh, I, don't, I may be saying it wrong, is uh, write drunk and edit sober. Uh, <laughs> same kind of thing. Uh, I'm not advocating drunkenness, but what I am saying is go Sometimes ahead and write when you're writing. <laughs> get it out of your head. If you want to write late at night, great, write, but edit when you're really clear. <laughs> And it's true. Morning you see something that last night you didn't see at all. <laughs> oh, all the time. Also, rush you will put out jobs that uh, that um, clear-headed, uh, clear-thinking you who's just had their coffee will not. Yeah. So, <laughs> give <laughs> so yourself we'll get time. this out, and then we'll check it tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and do that rough work if you want to, but give it a look. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's like, don't, don't send emails after a certain point in the day. Cause you're like, I'm just churning them out. I'm not focusing. And yeah. yeah the, the drafts folder is there for a reason, kids. Uh, it's okay yeah. to write something up and then go, no, you know no, what? I'm not sure no. if this is what I want to say. And wait, waiting yeah. is fine. <laughs> it's better than sending out something crazy. If you know you're not there, give it a minute. Or yeah. drive home. That's the thing I like to do sometimes. I will write something on, I'm like, okay, I'm going to write this. I got to get this done before I hit the house. I'm going to write this and then I'll jump in the car. Well, write it. Don't hit the send button. <laughs> Get in the car, go home, have a whole, whatever your transit time is, 15 minutes for me of heading on home. And then once I get there, pop the email back up and go, oh yeah, that's not at all what I wanted to say. <laughs> take a minute. And if you still need to send it tonight, great. But give yourself that time to think about it. <laughs> yeah. My dad calls them overnight letters. It's like sometimes you just need to get it out. Yeah. And then the next day you're like, that's not really what I meant, but here. <laughs> Here's what we're really going to say this time. <laughs> Absolutely. Once again, it's one of those things. It may feel emergent right or urgent right now, but it might just be emergent or it might be a, even emergent for you. The thought just popped up in your head like you felt like you needed to do it. Maybe yeah. you don't need to. It's worth taking a look at that scale and say, is this thing really that important to do right now? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And I'm with you on like, you know, that make sure it's pretty is like a customer actually printed me a shirt that said, there's no such thing as a lucite emergency. Cause I'm like, I'm not saving lives. Like I have friends who do that. That's not me. It's really a bad thing if awards don't get there on time, but I'm really not you know, no one's going to die from not receiving oh, yeah. an award. A goodly portion of my friends are all in medicine. So it's very easy for me to realize, like, like I said, my wife in the trauma department, when she's studying in the trauma department and shadowing doctors and tells me about her day, I go, oh, that's right. I made pretty yeah. stitches today. I, we're fine. So you had Everything that was upset. Like <laughs> yeah, your day was hard and people, it was a, an actual life and death situation, not just all of us freaking out over pretty shirts. Yeah. But yeah. let me complain about someone not understanding what a JPEG and an EPS is, okay? And then you're really oh, no. going to understand. Also, great reason why you're on with ProMoChat or when you're in any of the industry groups or I belong to a ton of Facebook groups. And that's the thing my wife's always like, who are you talking to? What I'm actually doing. I'm on Facebook groups at night when I'm past my time and I don't have anything else to do, uh, quote unquote. <laughs> I'm jumping on and just helping people randomly because I always, I, I like to be that weird voice that pops up when you needed it because I had a long time that I worked entirely by myself before the advent of social media. <laughs> and I wish that future Eric would have been there <laughs> to say, hey man, this stuff happens and here's a way to handle it and deal with it tomorrow and you're fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now now you're like the little in, internet patron saint. It's perfect. I, 
I hope. I mean, I don't think I'm quite good enough for that. I did just make a joke about Hemingway drinking, <laughs> but at the same time, um, I, I hope that at least I've helped a couple people feel better about their re emergencies. <laughs> you know what, though? It's so funny. Like, some things will just stick in your head, and they, like, I'm pretty sure Catherine Graham had a whole other presentation that wasn't about, you know, just put off your emails for 20 minutes and Dale Denham had a whole other presentation that wasn't like take off your notifications, but everyone can take away one thing from everything. So that's fine. Oh, if you can take away one thing, absolutely. That's, that's the best thing you can do. Honestly, I tell everybody that when they go to presentations, I'm like, look at what you actually paid. And then think about uh, if you pay for a class, you pay for something at a trade show. Think about how much it might save you over the next 10 years of your career, not about today. And suddenly, even a couple hundred, three hundred dollars to sit through one of these talks, if you got something that made you an nth more efficient once a week, it has paid for itself over and over and over again. Yeah. So yeah, these I'm the same way. You go out and you get one thing out of it. Uh, for today, what I'd say, if you want to get anything about what I've said, um, task switching always costs. No matter how much you think it doesn't, it always costs. Um, chunking time is a good idea. Uh, willpower drains throughout your day. So, so pick, pick your like battles like carefully. Bullet notes from the, from the my bullet points because I also forget things when I'm done with all these, <laughs> these chats. I get really excited in the talk. I don't know if I finish it up. But those three things, if you can take one of those away, I'd be very yeah. happy. <laughs> then we're all over it. Perfect. I want to hear from people. Like, what did what did you actually hear? What do you remember? What did you hear? Probably me talking about Hemingway. Hemingway. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Still useful. Still useful. I'll yeah. crib that. Uh, <laughs> but it's still Although someone might be like, he said it wrong. Here's the actual oh, one. That's what I took please. away. <laughs> correct me. I have finally gotten to an age very recently where I realized that I'm happy to be corrected because I don't mind being wrong as long as someone comes <laughs> in and swoops and fixes it. <laughs> Yeah, I'd rather learn than go on in my ignorance, but it takes a while. <laughs> it's good that you're there because not everyone's there. <laughs> I'm happy I even got halfway there. Yeah. <laughs> you're the patron saint of the internet here. <laughs> I don't know if I like the title, but if I'm I going to make it stick. <laughs> I got, I got embroidery sensei this week. That was pretty, that was a weird one. Guru, I don't love at all. Sensei was fun. Uh, I don't know about patronizing. I feel like I'm the patron saint of lost embroidery causes, maybe. <laughs> but, you know what? This is all about branding. So you got to quickly <laughs> brand yourself. Like, how do you want to be understood? It's like, I will, really I will try time management. Slightly less blasphemous. about time management. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try not to be too, too blasphemous. I mean, any more than <laughs> We'll find out later. We'll get some complaints, I'm sure. <laughs> Hit us in the comments. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll take Eric, you. thank you so much for being part of this chat. This was a ton of fun, and we love having you on Pro Chat, so just keep coming with the wisdom. I might just make you my deep dive regular, so we'll, oh, we'll work I, with that. <laughs> we all know how much I like to talk, so <laughs> I'm happy to do that. If anybody we'll got a laugh, we'll also... We'll go. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> okay, so Eric, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, you can definitely find me at ericcampbell.com. That's E-R-I-C-H. So uh, anybody who listens to like the two other guys podcasts I produce over there, Terry Combs over there, always calls me E-Rich. It does help you remember it, despite the fact that it drives me absolutely batty. Uh, so yeah, ericcampbell.com is a good place to find me and what I'm doing because I'm also, I'm teaching a lot. If you're going to the DAX shows, ISS shows, you'll see me out there. And definitely with uh, my new gig with the folks at Brighton Leap, the creators of Imbrilliance, you'll see more me there too. Awesome. Thanks so much. And thank you again to our sponsors, Maple Ridge Farms. Uh, and we, we love everything. And we'll see you for our promo chat Wednesday, 12 p.m. Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time.
Well, thank you very much for having me on.